Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. After the bombing of the Marine barracks in Beirut, the president said in his autobiography that the price we had to pay was so great, the tragedy at the barracks so enormous, and the virulent problems of Lebanon were so intractable that it, it just wasn't possible to continue with the policy that had put our Marines in there without taking a second look at it. As president, he had very few choices and none of them easy. He didn't want to turn tail and leave. He believed that if we did that, would say to the terrorists of the world that all it took to change American foreign policy was to murder some Americans. And the president was also a man of his word. He didn't want to give up on the moral commitment to Israel that had originally sent our Marines to Lebanon. And if we left, after more than a year of fighting and mounting chaos in Beirut, the biggest winner would be Syria, a Soviet client. The president wrote, that the irrationality of Middle Eastern politics forced us to rethink our policy there. By early 1984, the president gave an order to evacuate all the Marines to ships anchored in the Mediterranean Sea. So in this podcast, we'll hear the president's beautiful eulogy when the bodies of the slain Marines were returned home, along with those Americans who were lost in the Grenada maneuver. And then in the second half, We'll cover how the president chose to review the terms of engagement after the Beirut tragedy. So let's listen to our 40th president as he attempted to soothe the hearts of those who lost loved ones in Beirut and Grenada. Officers and men and women of the Corps, ladies and gentlemen, I came here today to pay homage to the heroes of Lebanon and Grenada. We grieve along with the families of these brave, proud Americans who have given their lives for their country and for the preservation of peace. I have just met with the families of many of those who were killed. I think all Americans would cradle them in our arms if we could. We share their sorrow. I want all of you who lost loved ones and friends to know that the thoughts and prayers of this nation are with you. If this country is to remain a force for good in the world, we'll face times like these, times of sadness and loss. Your fellow citizens know and appreciate that Marines and their families are carrying a heavy burden. America seeks no new territory, nor do we wish to dominate others. We commit our resources and risk the lives of those in our armed forces to rescue others from bloodshed and turmoil, and to prevent humankind from drowning in a sea of tyranny. In Lebanon, along with our allies, we're working hard to help bring peace to that war-torn country and stability to the vital Middle East. In seeking to stabilize the situation in Lebanon, you Marines and sailors and our French, Italian, and English companions are peacekeepers in the truest sense of the word. The world looks to America for leadership, and America looks to the men in its armed forces, to the Corps of Marines, to the Navy, the Army. 
freedom is being tested throughout the world. In Burma, that government has announced conclusive evidence of North Korean responsibility for the atrocity taking the lives of many members of the Korean government. We stand with South Korea, and I will be going there next week to carry our message to them, a message of revulsion at this atrocity, determination to stand with our friends in support of freedom. In the Middle East this morning, we have learned of yet another terrorist assault similar to the attack against our Marines, this time against an Israeli site in Tyr, Lebanon. In spite of the complexity and special hardships of the Lebanese crisis, we have stood firm. As ever, Leathernecks are willing to accept their mission and do their duty. This honest patriotism and dedication to duty overwhelms the rest of us. In Grenada, our military forces moved quickly and professionally to protect American lives and respond to an urgent request from the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States. We joined in an effort to restore order and democracy to that strife-torn island. Only days before our actions, Prime Minister Maurice Bishop had been brutally murdered, along with several members of his cabinet and unarmed civilians. With a 1,000 Americans, including some 800 students on that island, we weren't about to wait for the Iran crisis to repeat itself, only this time in our own neighborhood, the Caribbean. In a free society, there's bound to be disagreement about any decisive course of action. Some of those so quick to criticize our operation in Grenada, I invite them to read the letters I've received from those students and their families. They know this was no invasion. They know it was a rescue mission. Marines have a saying, we take care of our own. Well, America, with the help of Marines, will take care of our own. And our brave Marines, soldiers, and special forces, including the truly gallant Navy SEALs, were not just coming to the aid of our students. I hope every American will be able to hear the stories of the political prisoners who have been freed, the citizens of Grenada who watched helplessly as their country was being stolen from them and turned into a staging area for totalitarian aggression. These same Grenadians are hailing us as liberators, and they're doing everything they can now to help. Every American can be proud of the professional and gallant job that our armed forces have done, and all of us can rejoice that they're coming home. I came here today to honor so many who did their duty and gave that last full measure of their devotion. They kept faith with us and our way of life. We wouldn't be free long but for the dedication of such individuals. They were heroes, and we're grateful to have had them with us. The motto of the United States Marine Corps, Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Well, the rest of us must remain always faithful to those ideals which so many have given their lives to protect. Our heritage of liberty must be preserved and passed on. Let no terrorist question our will or no tyrant doubt our resolve. Americans have courage and determination, and we must not and will not be intimidated by anyone anywhere. Since 1775, Marines, just like many of you, have shaped the resolve and strength of the United States. Your resolve, your role, is as important today as at any time in our history. Our hearts go out to the families of 
the brave men that we honor today. Let us close ranks with them in tribute to our fallen heroes, their loved ones, who gave more than can ever be repaid. They are now part of the soul of this great country and will live as long as our liberty shines as a beacon of hope to all those who long for freedom and a better world. One of the men back in the early days of our nation, John Stuart Mill, said, War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. The ugliest is that man who thinks nothing is worth fighting or dying for and lets men better and braver than himself protect him. You were doing that for all of us. God bless you and thank you for what you're doing. More about the rules of engagement right after this message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, back to the topic of rules of engagement. So, before 1982, President Reagan had already clarified his position regarding rules of engagement or terms of engagement. Such a move was instigated after an encounter in the Gulf of Sidra with, as the president called Gaddafi, the mad dog of Tripoli. Prior to 1981, under previous peacetime rules of engagement, if an American airplane was fired upon, a pilot would have to request permission from his commander on ship or land before he was able to return fire. Well, unhappy with this policy, President Reagan approved the Navy's recommendation for new rules of engagement in August 1981, allowing pilots to fire back without having to request permission from a commander. He said, Anytime we send an American anywhere in the world where he or she can be shot at, they have the right to shoot back. So, 40 years ago, after the bombing of the Marine barracks in Beirut, well, a new policy was required. The president said it was the worst day of his presidency. Some advisors demanded retaliation. Others wanted withdrawal from a hopeless situation. While the president initially wanted action after the terrorist bombings in Beirut, Secretary of State Schultz remarked, if I ever say, send in the Marines again, somebody shoot me. <laughs> well, reluctantly, the president agreed with his team's recommendation that the Marines be redeployed to Navy ships offshore. In Reagan's heart, he equated redeployment with withdrawal. So he ordered a review of policy in National Security Decision Directive 111, which began a new era of strategic cooperation. Here are the four major points, and unfortunately, we don't have the president's voice reading these, so I'm going to have to read these four points for you. The first, the United States should not commit its forces to military action overseas unless the cause is vital to our national interest. Second, if the decision is made to commit our forces to combat abroad, 
It must be done with the clear intent and support needed to win. It should not be a halfway or tentative commitment, and there must be clearly defined and realistic objectives. Three, before we commit our troops to combat, there must be reasonable assurance that the cause we are fighting for and the actions we take will have the support of the American people and Congress. We all felt that the Vietnam War had turned such a tragedy because military action had been undertaken without sufficient assurances that the American people were behind it. And fourth, and this is the last point, even after all these tests are met, our troops should be committed to combat abroad only as a last resort when no other choice is available. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And... Don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. <laughs>